0: Hi everyone, Boris here. Sorry for the quick interruption, but I have to tell you about some exciting new job openings that are added to the LogTechies job board. Have you heard of the LogTechies job board? LogTechies is the first hand-curated job board for the field of logistics technology. That's where I post the coolest LogTech jobs at those companies that I currently find the most interesting. Brand new to the board is Bex Technologies from Stuttgart, Germany. Bex is building a logistics platform for the construction industry that helps companies coordinate deliveries to construction sites. I've had CEO and co-founder Leonard Paul on the podcast before, and I know they're going places. Right now, they're hiring for a number of exciting roles, including a CFO COO and a head of logistics. Aleiko from Munich, Germany, is another new addition to the LogTechies job board. Aleiko offers seamless e-commerce fulfillment for fast-rising online shops and e-commerce brands. The company raised $30 million in Series A round earlier this year and is now on an ambitious growth trajectory. They are looking to fill a number of sales roles, for example. For junior as well as for seasoned professionals, you should definitely take a look at Elyco's openings. Aside from Bex Technologies and Elyco, you will also find exciting roles from TradeLink, Noise Technologies, FanRight, Sender, and others. Please have a look and follow the board so you can stay updated on when new companies and jobs get added. You find the LogTechies job board at logtechiescom L O G T E C H I E S.com. logtechies.com All right, and now let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Logistics Tribe. I'm Boris Felgendrea, founder of the Logistics Tribe, and today we will talk about how to pick and quickly implement the right logistics robots. The demand for logistics robots is exploding, and so are the choices of different types of robots from different vendors. Our guest today, Victor Splitgeber, the founder and CEO of Vaco Robotics and his team, have set up a platform called Lots of Bots that showcases and allows you to buy or lease all kinds of different mobile robots for any logistics use case. In other words, Victor is a real expert on this topic and has a lot of great insights to share. Today's show is hosted by Marco Prügelmeier. Before we get started, a quick thanks to our sponsors Grey Orange. Grey Orange automates warehouse operations through a combination of AI software and autonomous mobile robots. Grey Orange systems are in place at some very prominent companies such as IKEA or the Danish household goods and furniture retailer Jysk. If you're looking to get your warehouse and fulfillment operations to the next level with the help of autonomous robots and automation, you should definitely have Gray Orange on your list. Check them out at grayorange.com. Now here comes Victor schmidt from VACU Robotics. Enjoy.
1: Hello, Victor. Welcome to the Logistics Tribe. Hey, Marco. Nice to be here. Yes, I'm looking forward to to our talk. Um, Actually, if someone would ask me, uh, do you know someone who really knows the uh, market for logistics robots and AMRs very well, then I would probably refer to you, Victor, uh, because with Waku Robotics, uh, you got a very good overview over the, the market. And maybe we start from here. Uh, what is Waku Robotics doing? And where do you come from, Victor? What is your background?
2: <laughs> yeah, very good question. Actually... I was in the same position, right, that I was missing one person, one entity where I can go to um, and address my my concerns basically with who is the right vendor, what is the right business case, what is the right um, use case to use mobile robots. And that's where I'm coming from um, in my mindset, because um, before founding Vaco Robotics, I was um, in Zalando designing myself solutions and with my team there, and also talking to a lot of industry experts and other um, companies that have exactly the same issue, right? So like the exact same pattern. There's an amazing industry. There's a big need for automation, but uh, there's no overview. There's no one person you can go to, but you have to go to each individual vendor or each individual um, user to gather knowledge about the industry. And that was the founding idea of Vac Robotics to get um, to this point where you say, I have this one uh, expert that gathers all the, all the knowledge and, um, presents it in a very simple, condensed way, like we do with lots of bots, 300 robots in the meantime, which is like really shows the progress of the industry and the website, of course.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's really a problem. And you basically solved it with lots of bots, right? So there, that, that's kind of a platform where you can go and look up all the robots in, in logistics and, um, but you can do it use case specific, right? Or, or what kind of robots do you have there and what different types Maybe you can uh, describe that a little bit.
2: The biggest problem, of course, uh, starts a bit before that um, actually like finding the right process and then just um, going into the um, filtering mode. So like there are different user categories, of course, that interact with the website. Some are super independent, they know exactly I need a transport robot or I need a picking robot or commissioning robot because that's my task. It's what I'm looking for or cleaning so, right. and um, others just feel the pressure that they do need to do something in terms of reducing cost or you know like just cope with the situation that labor is not available and Mm -hmm. um so that is a bit more broad so to say and they're just you know like arrive on the website and and roaming around and and, um, understanding the industry we put a lot of articles to help them understand how this works and what is for example a good starting use case right and Mm -hmm. um yeah, so like, and, and then you have the others that are really the experts that can apply all the filters and boom, they get like five or 10 different vendors or and like specific models that fit to their needs, like in terms of weight, in terms of form factor, or in terms of yeah, payload and so on. Yeah,
1: And I think there is virtually everything from a cleaning robot to a disinfection robot and also logistics transport robots or AMRs. Um, where that that can bring your pallet from from A to B, and things like that, right? Yeah, it's uh,
2: actually really tailored to logistics and manufacturing. So, mm-hmm. like, what happened in the past years is that um, prices really went down for robotics, whereas prices for labor uh, went really up. So, uh, mm-hmm. basically, now the big revolution in terms of robotization is happening in in robotics. Just the other day, we really were discussing that it's not the first time that uh, there is a technical revolution happening in robotics. If you think of the wheel itself, right, that was setting a big revolution in mm-hmm. in, uh, in motion, and then there were other like types of revolution, like using a plane or internal combustion engine to transport goods or railroads, right? So now we are just in the middle, in the midst of this uh, robot revolution and um, that's happening in the warehouses and in the entire supply chain. And we are focusing really on the needs of of companies um, and what they need today. And that's like a good starting use case that can be very simple, like cleaning, or that can be pretty broad, like really like a good person, a commissioning uh, solution that has like eventually hundreds of robots.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see see it really as this kind of a revolution that we that we see ongoing right now? Because lots of people would. Probably argue that we have had AGVs in logistics uh, um, since the, the 50s. Yeah. So um, why is it a revolution now in your eyes? Yeah,
2: we had networks before the internet, right? And um, and then we also had computation before the actual like uh, personal computer, but. Um, prices matter performance matter a lot and and that really is, is an, the key factor i mean like if you if you look at the 50s to the 50s a project would be very very expensive you know like only ex, an exclusive group of users would be able to use it installation takes months and, and planning if not years right all the development mm-hmm. and now it really reached the point where we go to a customer and you can install the robot and get it running in hours, right? I mean like eventually like even less than an hour. You mm-hmm. you have a simple process. Of course, like more complex solutions take a bit longer. But um therefore for me it's a revolution although like like because like lots of the technology that are used in modern uh, robots coming more from autonomous driving. That's that's their you know, origin, right? From DARPA and um mm-hmm. all the slam algorithms that were developed there are now used in mobile robots. Just in warehouses, it's never raining, never snowing, so you can apply them today. And, yes, um, right. It's
1: easier than on the streets, right? Exactly.
2: And, mm-hmm. and and that makes it super simple to use, super adaptable. You can use it uh, around people, no problem with that. And Yeah, that's and, and in chaotic environments, right? So like most of the traditional AGVs were used in manufacturing where everything is very structured, no like dynamic situations like people are running uh, in front of the... A robot or AGV, but in logistics it's an entire different story, right? It's pretty mm-hmm. chaotic, um, or like chaotic in a sense, like that a lot of unpredictable, unpredictable things are happening, and it's sort of ups and downs in terms of capacity and so on.
1: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the price as one one criteria here, and it's obviously it's a it's a big big criteria. If you are coming back to lots of bots, and um, you mentioned already the three hundred bots and. Uh, take us a little bit further uh, into this topic. Uh, how many companies do you have on the site? And what is the price range that you can start with a logistics robot nowadays?
2: We have uh, over 150 uh, suppliers on our website and um, prices to purchase robots start roughly at €10,000 that's that price you get it for and you can install it yourself. So that's also the absolute price in the end. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but you can also rent them. So rental would start eventually below thousand euro. For example, a pallet mover that, of course, has a huge demand because that's exactly the threshold where it gets interesting to put it into logistics because then the, the price for rented robot is equal to a price of a forklift press plus driver, so to say. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's that's basically what's um, what the range is. Yeah.
1: And which countries are those 150 150- companies from or um uh, or is there a 10 a a pattern that you can see on your platform where those robots come from or um, where we have the latest increases let's say because i read the other day that we probably have already um, more than 300 worldwide 300 uh, amr companies uh, right now And uh, probably it's increasing uh, in in a very high speed. So where do those companies come from in your um, uh, knowledge? So
2: there's a huge traditional um, base of manufacturers from Europe that offer very high quality, robust systems that traditionally come from automotive, which is very good for very structured environments. And then, um, like, like, and, and then you have also a number of very um, emerging companies from from Europe, like Agilox or SafeLog, that are really like mm-hmm. offer very, very solid products and also very good quality. Then you have like the a lot of Chinese companies. They are like this is growing a lot. Like So like Mm -hmm. uh, we are in constant uh, chats with our Chinese partners uh, via WeChat, that's the only way you can reach them. (laughs) And um, then we are already like uh, one or two years ahead of what's actually we're going to see in the the market eventually, like in terms of reliability, it's maybe not at 99.9%, but maybe just at 95%, which is okay for logistics oftentimes, because you have a lot of redundancy or can build Mm -hmm. into the system, a lot of redundancy. And prices are maybe a fifth, right? And, and so that, that sector is growing a lot. They also have, like, don't say take uh, IP and copyrights so serious. So, like, that increases the speed of development and, and you know, like what comes uh, from the Chinese market. And of course, you also have a lot of American companies, like US companies that also have very good software, very good sales, very good uh, systems. So, like, there we see a lot of logistic systems coming from mm-hmm. uh, U.S. especially and, and also from China. So they're a lot of mm-hmm. big players also like so, so the, the biggest. Yeah.
1: And as in in one podcast, I heard you say that probably less than 1% of logistics operations or transports is automated right now. And there is a huge potential. Do you have more numbers on that or, or on the growing market somehow?
2: The market is growing. At the moment, at a, roughly between twenty and thirty percent, depending a bit. Like we are looking, eventually it can be also bigger. The one percent is what we see now. If you go to any random warehouse, you don't find any robots, and right? if you mm-hmm. if, if you don't look for them, you don't find them. It's really like finding a robotic system is like finding the needle in a haystack, and that's where <laughs> the industry is today, right? So it's, it's it's not there, but it will change rapidly, as I, I said, right? We are now like definitely at. Um, yeah, like equal costs, if not lower for robotics, it's just not so so well known. <laughs> That's why many people ask us for our opinion on, on certain solutions, because it is break even uh, for, for most of the, for, for many of the systems. And um, that will eventually go to a very high number. So I, I think like definitely more than 90% will be automated with mm-hmm. forklifts. We have a really like aging society where people can't walk like 20 kilometers per day in a warehouse. It's Mm -hmm. it's just not possible if you're like 50 or 60, it's physically not possible. So you need those robotic systems. And so there's a huge pull from the market to get those systems into the warehouses. And that's why we eventually gonna end up with a very high numbers. It's it's a re- revolution for
0: sure. Okay,
1: interesting. And you actually can see it on your data, right? At lots of bots, but lots of bots is actually not the only thing Vacu Robotics is into. Um, you are also actually planning amr solutions right what is the reason for that the reason
2: is there are very there's very few expertise experts and very little expertise in the companies to design such a solution usually there's this more abstract wish to automate for different reasons and then the traditional approach was just like going to a fair uh, or hitting Google and looking for a solution. Now, like we, we have lots of bots and, but often just the overview of pure robots doesn't provide a solution itself. So there we help. We have a lot of uh, tools that we use that we developed, like simulation, which is a great tool because that really helps people to think in terms of processes, to think um, in, in terms of their layout and so on and, and out of the. Simulation, of course, the number of robots um, comes out, and as a result, and, and and also the pure visualization already helps all stakeholders in a company to understand how a solution works. Otherwise, it's very abstract, and therefore we have a very high demand. So, like that's really like what people are looking for now to design their solution, to simulate simulate them, and and then eventually finding the right business case and the right uh, supplier for their problem or for their process.
1: What is a a typical starter use case that customers of you would start with a robot uh, use?
2: Most of our clients have existing operations. Oftentimes, they face a situation where they can't find forklift drivers. For them, it's very specific processes that they want to automate. Those processes can be big in terms of how many robots you would need to use there. So like, for example, pellet movers with 50 pellet movers or so, or it can be also rather small as a starter use case where you just have an automated forklift, so a forklift without a driver that takes a pellet from A to B, typically from, for example, for an inbound process where pellets arrive, um, unloaded from a truck, and then they Need to be distributed across the warehouse where you know, some sort of VNA or so puts them in a highway. And there are simple transport take in cases that are very suitable as, as a starter use case. Or you, you, you already have a full fledged solution that's also like, that sometimes makes life a bit easier, right? To have like one solid solution that delivers instant, well, instantaneously a good ROI and That, of course, convinces also some skeptics.
1: What would be a typical ROI that you can reach with such a use case? For
2: purchase solution, regardless if it is a small or big uh, solution, it's typically at two to four years if companies do it right. So like uh, most companies wouldn't do a project if it is more than four years. So Mm -hmm. like the desired ROI is between two and four years, or like probably lower than two years. But if you want to go lower than two years, most companies would rather rent a robot and then the, um, yeah, like the business case is, is a bit different. Also, many companies are starting to do that so There's a huge demand for that because it's more flexible and so on. And, and then you can go yeah, get below one year.
1: So with a rental robot, you could get below one year in an ROI. And yeah, is there a high number of companies that are renting out the robots or are you doing that via your platform or? How would uh, you describe that
2: there is an increased demand most of the systems are still purchased so also the vendors offer most of the times or like just the purchase option but there's an increase in rental options so like if you look at a company like locus robotics they basically just rent out robots and as said there are a number of other offerings that where rental becomes very interesting like most prominent uh, as i said like uh, forklift automated forklifts that you can run for 1000 euros very attractive for many for many companies
1: oh yeah what i really like about you guys is that you share a lot of information in my point of view valuable information uh, also on your website not only lots of bots uh, but i saw also on your website uh, uh, recently published robot operations framework. What is that for and what can I do with that?
2: This again comes from a very hands on approach in terms of robotics, right? So like we again work alongside with the customer. We see us um, as partners of our customers, as users of robotics and we find solutions for their problems. And why we came up with this framework is that once a robot is deployed, it's not a done deal. Then it just starts, the operation starts and and eventually also like, of course, the problems or the yeah, issues that you need to solve to have stable operations. And one of the um, yeah, things we encountered there was not, not only like the infrastructure that was not ready, like for example, Wi-Fi setup and so on. So like um, if you install a robot, that's the first thing, like uh, is there a VPN, is there a Wi-Fi connection? And that can take very long to set it up very long, right? So that's because it's a regulatory issue. Um, another point was like in terms of people who is responsible, who has time, you know, like it wouldn't be the first time if you end up in a situation where it's like, yeah, yeah, brings a robot and a robot drives and, you know, like people walk away and expect that everything runs smoothly. But the reality is that you need somebody dedicated um, mm-hmm. to to be responsible for the robot, although it works itself sometimes, you know, like you need some help, especially in the in the beginning when, and people just get started to to use the robot.
1: Yeah, you need to set up the process around the robots, right? To to make them work.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's that's the that's actually the last point, right? Uh, like the processes is key, right? And, and and that's that's also like it's it's easier said than done because like again, right, if you're in logistics, the main process might be simple pretty easy, right? You go into where I say, okay, like I transport uh, pellet from a to b but in reality it's like okay like the forklift driver um, looks at the label knows exactly already because it, do- it does it for years where it goes and sometimes you have like this special palette that always goes to another corner of the warehouse and so on which is all not digitalized and also not standardized and that then becomes very difficult to handle with a robot because they can't do those exceptions you need to digitalize everything there so that's why we came up with this uh, rough robot operation framework which has three main pillars, which is team to address this um, issue in terms of training people correctly and also um, setting resources aside to take care of a robot, then infrastructure to have the right infrastructure in place like Wi-Fi and other um, periphery, and then processes to really define and nail a process that should be automated with the robot and that's in the tip TIP.
1: And uh, you also share something like a, a typical schedule for integrating a, a POC, so a proof of concept. How would that look like? So if if I start now with my first one or two robots on the shop floor.
2: The typical steps is actually to define really the, the proof of concept and then it's like it's a common understanding what is actually uh, meant here with a proof of concept, what do we want to achieve, right? So that's really like the goal setting and that takes actually most of the time, right? You would wonder why does it take so long? Like we speak here of 25 weeks, but most of it is really the design phase, get everyone involved on board. Where does it go from where to where? How does information flows in a fully digitalized system where warehouses are very manual today? that takes most of the time. And eventually you move on to the installation phase where the robot is installed and operated, but that is like of of the overall time, that's that's the shortest time, that is on average four weeks. And eventually like you also have, of course, this debrief and learning phase, They say, okay, like now we learn this, this is what we need to improve in terms of our operations and responsibilities that is all very well uh, described and very detailed in the in the robot operation framework we put a lot of pdf we put a lot of efforts into it um, downloadable material and so on checklists that people can download to really get started and to have like a handbook a, a guide to help people get started because our thinking of course is we want to make mobile robots successful right we see there's a huge demand we see that there are a lot of um vendors who have great solutions but getting it right from the beginning is very crucial because we have seen it so often that companies are frustrated did a test didn't work because of different reasons because oftentimes the, the point is also that a vendor comes to a warehouse says i have the greatest solution they just have one solution that's why it's the greatest right and and they um, want to sell it regardless if it is your best fit or not like so mm-hmm. It's pretty natural, right? And that results in a in a suboptimal situation because the hardware is not made for this environment oftentimes. And then the conclusion is not that the machine that I ordered or the robots that I ordered didn't work, but that robots are not suitable in our environment. And mm-hmm. um and, and that has different reasons in a part of it like the implementation phase and the POC phase but it's oftentimes like critical errors or mistakes were made in terms of scoping the POC and so on. That's where we made this uh, checklist and framework.
1: So the schedule and the 25 weeks that you mentioned is basically for the overall project. So if you really start from scratch and set up the team and and the purpose and everything and find out the right POC in your uh, factory and set up the team and the processes that you need for the robot. And then you you probably do the, the robot selection. And and then the robot uh, one day arrives at the factory. Can you um, also describe this robot setup and, and how much time does, does this take in, in comparison to the whole 25 weeks schedule?
2: That is pretty unspectacular, I would say. Because uh, there arrives a pallet or box where the um, robot is stored in and that is just unpacked, which takes half an hour or so. Then the connection to the Wi-Fi starts, which is like one of the most complex activities in the whole setup phase. And, oh, is um, it?
1: Why Why is that?
2: Yeah, usually because there is a VPN and passwords and, and setups where like a VPN needs to be Cut out or like a virtual alarm need to, needs to be carved out of the regular Wi-Fi or wireless alarm. And that has a lot of legal implications uh, or regulatory mm-hmm. applications in a warehouse. And That can be complex because it, it's not like if you encounter a problem here, it can't be solved uh, quickly. It's like mm-hmm. then it goes back to the IT, which is a central unit and not in the warehouse and so on, they can't do anything in the warehouse. Uh, usually they need to communicate to the headquarter and then the next level and so on so that that's it's mm-hmm. can be mm-hmm. hesitant okay. if it is prepared mm-hmm. well then um that that takes only a couple of minutes and then the robot is switched on set in motion you take a laptop usually or any other device like a tablet or so and then you can drive the robot like with a remote control you drive it through the warehouse and um, on top of the ro- robot is a lidar which is a laser that measures distances to any given obstacle um, on a plane and with that you get a 2d map right you drive around the uh, warehouse you map the environment so like the uh, laser detects every obstacle and uh, derives its map where it should be driving and then you have a editor task editor where you put your task right saying here's a pickup station there's a drop-off station and then you like can draw uh, paths. Oftentimes, the robot even finds its way, its way itself uh, without any input. That's why it's autonomous mobile robot because it's autonomous. And mm-hmm. yeah, like then like of course there's a lot of uh, details here, like how a task triggered. But in the simplest case, it's with a tablet or. Laptop also, and yeah, after five hours, eight hours, you usually have your task, and then you have a couple of days of on ramp where you polish those things that you just see in the actual operations, and uh, you're good to go.
1: If we are talking about an AMR, so an autonomous mobile robot, then we are talking about several hours for the setup, right? It depends, of course, on, on the the square feet or meters that you have in your factory and so on. But it's probably done in a day, right? Yeah,
2: if it is smaller use cases. So like I said, right, there are different, different applications. So you, have, you have this full scale implementation where you install like 50 robots at once. That takes longer, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, you don't also don't do a POC with that. If you do a POC that's usually limited time, like four weeks or so, and limited scope in terms of integration. It's not usually not connected to a warehouse management system or MES or so. It's just standalone, we call it sandbox solution, that is not connected to other systems, uh, just to the WiFi to get jobs and um, to control it. And then this setup is really done in hours.
1: And you were talking now about an AMR and what what's the process for an AGV or are you not taking care about AGVs at all in your platform, lots of bots, or is it only focused to AMR? There's
2: no clear definition of what is an AGV or an AMR. so. We also consider AGVs, traditional AGVs, so to say, and, and, and those two uh, like technologies or uh, just two names, basically. And, um, some would say it's exactly the same for some. They put some differences. So we have both definitely. And, um, usually an AGV works more with some sort of markers on the ground or some sort of reflectors or magnetic stripes that you, that you uh, glue on the ground, which uh, is used to navigate was a robot. And this process alone of putting those markers takes, of course, time. That's why the installation then is longer.
1: Would you prefer AMRs or is it just the same for you or does it depend on the use case? It depends
2: on the use case very much. So it's like really the details, like what is the exact process? And again here, right, so like that's why people come to us and and request us uh, so often because this kind of analysis what is really the best technology who's who has this technology with which is most suited for my environment is a question that very few people can answer is if if, if i i would say you know like basically there's us who really has this broad overview of 150 supplier there's no such a second entity who, who has this broad mm-hmm. knowledge for example if you have a lot of dynamic moving parts in your environment like uh, pellets that are two two and a half meter high then um like a lidar, a typical lidar, which is like this laser ranging doesn't work because it just detects the pellets that are constantly moving and then it doesn't tell the position to the robot and by detecting those moving moving pellets and you need something else as navigation technology and um so that is, that is just an example right and there are hundreds of such uh Factors that, that need to be considered uh, when designing such a solution.
1: And after setting up the robot, uh, you mentioned uh, that then the the task is not done yet. Yeah, you have to monitor the robot, and I I think also there you have something in your. In your toolbox at vacu robotics yeah
2: we're working up the value stream or the <laughs> the, the task stream is uh, task stream very nicely here right um, yeah, i see that yeah <laughs> how, uh, how how do i find a good application how how do i set up my robot and now we finally arrived like uh, my, my people are well trained right uh, My robot is working and now what actually happens, right? So my robot drives fully autonomous. I'm super happy. Robot operator is super happy. Basically goes drink coffee. And then after, I don't know, like uh, half an hour, he comes back and like a big problem because process, uh, some sort of process stopped, right? And then he says, okay, like what happened, right? He he runs basically to the operator says, hey, you know, like why is the process stopped? Um, and then said, yeah, I don't have pellets here. And like, wow, ah, where's the pellet? My robot was supposed to bring the pellets. There. Of course, the people don't know. And then uh, the um operator wonders, where's my robot actually? And like he roams the entire route where the robot could possibly drive. After, I don't know, like 15 minutes or so, he finds finally the robot or she and um, tries to debug what actually happens. And was uh, like a super simple error. It's pretty dusty in the warehouse and the the uh, sensor got dust dusty and um, he just needs to remove the dust from the sensor and the robot is back operational. Just the whole thing caused like a breakdown of one hour of operations, which is of course costly. Mm-hmm. And there can be many reasons for the robot stopping, um, like not only dust, but pellet or not any obstacle in the way or so or like a misplaced pellet, or it's sensitive and if people are used to manual um, uh, operations they don't know how to work with a robot that is pretty rigid in its behavior compared to a human and that's why we came up with vacu sense which is a real-time monitoring tool super simple to use for any person if, if, if there is uh, the persons in the warehouse not trained operators right they usually forklift drivers, and you want to retain those people in your warehouse, so you can't give them very complex interfaces, um, oftentimes, and and you don't want to give them five different tools to operate five different robots. So that's why we came up with VakuSense, which is one interface for all the robots in your warehouse that is super easy to use on a tablet, on a smartphone. It gives you instant um, information on your process and your performance of your robot if you need to adjust, for example, with the heat map, which is a very nice feature. It shows you where the robot drives slower and where obstacles or errors occurred and mm-hmm. really help you root cause analysis. And was a case that I just described it, instead of one hour later, the robot um, operator was finally able to recover the robot. It would instantaneously send an SMS or Microsoft Teams message on the mobile phone of the operator in the same second. Basically, when the error occurred, within detailed description of what happens. So like uh, your robot stands in iron number twenty position X and the sensor has an arrow, please remove a dust from the lens. And and that's how detailed it gets. And that of course allows to shorten the time from I don't know an interruption of my process of one hour to only a couple of minutes. Sounds super simple, but that makes the whole process and the whole startup and setup of such a robot operation much smoother. People are much more motivated to support such a system if they understand what it's doing, and um, projects are much more successful. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I always compare it to a cleaning robot. If I look at my cleaning robot driving around through my through my living room, and then it has this random pattern of driving through my living room, and I think like, oh my god, now it passes again through the big dirt, just <laughs> <laughs> really cleans just around it, and I can't tell where to go, right? I don't have the possibility to influence and people in the warehouse often feel the same, right? I don't have access to the machine. So that causes all sorts of problems, and that's what we bridge here with VakuSense.
1: Yeah, and only what you monitor, you can improve, right? So, um, and that's that really makes sense for me. How do you manage it to uh, connect the different companies and the different robot types uh, into uh, your Sense tool?
2: It's uh, oftentimes driven by the customer because they love the simplicity. They face the situation where they on board different um robots they usually start with one system and then they um see the mentioned problems right um Oftentimes that's then driven by the customer, but also vendors come to us and, and support an integration saying, hey, you know, like I, I want to have an easier time setting robots, selling more robots essentially, right? Or like getting getting more robots uh, to the clients and, and helping them to be operational. And that's, uh, we developed a super simple API that only takes um, a couple of hours to integrate. We have uh, big brands like Mir um, already connected and that's connecting a new system is um a matter of of really just hours if if not really like shorter than this like biggest problem is always wi-fi (laughs) again because Mm -hmm. it's cloud solution but um then like the robots already connected you just uh, get an account and then you're good to go Uh, at the moment we, we offer this even for free because we really feel the urge to support successful implementations because then it helps the industry as a whole and that's what we're aiming for
1: for free for the vendors so that they can can connect their vehicles to your vacu sense or for free for the customer side that is buying the robot
2: we offer it even for free for the customer side right mm-hmm. so we really like believe in helping people and, and and giving for getting back so like we first like really want to give and improve systems improve. Operations with robots to, yeah, like also create some motivation for implementing even more robots for expanding, and, and there we can also be helped. That's really our story here.
1: And we, we uh, forgot about talking about uh, uh, lots of bots platform and the business model behind that, because I think it's also free for both sides. So you yeah. can actually use it for free if you want to find a robot. But you also, if you're a vendor, you can actually bring in your robot for free. Is that right? That's right.
2: So our goal is to offer a full overview of the industry. It's it's not complete yet. As you said, right, we have 150 vendors globally. There are maybe 300 actively in Europe. Maybe there are a couple more, but I guess we are fairly complete here. And we we just want to give the full overview um, to the customer. That's, That's really our purpose course, we have some premium profiles, a bit more content um, for premium partners. But in terms of search and finding, robots doesn't make a difference for the customer. Mm-hmm. So you, you you see a pattern, right? So so it's it's really like helping customers, helping the industry getting started because we believe in making the pie much bigger instead of you know like increasing our share of the pie in, in the first place. So okay. really like now mm-hmm. believing. It making the pie bigger and that's why we offer like a sense for free for now and like also lots of bots for free and eventually of course there's there's some revenue to be made we put a lot of efforts in, in those things but um that is not um, necessarily the first step mm-hmm.
1: i really love that so we were talking about the robot selection process where you offer lots of bots then the planning of the planning process of pocs in your factory where where you actually offer the robot operations framework, right? And then, uh, the robot monitoring afterwards, where you offer a sense as a tool. Um, so this sounds almost like a closed loop. Uh, what are your next steps, uh, in, in the Vaku world? That is
2: kind of a closed, but also open loop. So, but, but it's definitely a continuous loop because mm-hmm. what we're seeing happening is, that regardless, if you start or customers start with a small implementation or big implementation, they adding more, right? So like once a project is successful, it motivates to do more because it really like boosts us confidence in the technology. And, um, then yeah, like the logical extension, you start, I don't know, with a cleaning robot or pellet mover, then you go to a drone or. You go to our like a bigger system also, and then you want to have like one interface to connect all of those. And um, we really like believing in, in in this in the growth story of orchestrating different uh, solutions, and um, that's, that's like really like see see this as a big use case, and, and that's where we are going right, we providing more tools to get robots started, and also going through this loop of adding more robots, getting them stable, optimizing them. And being on the sides of our customers is what we are doing and what we continue to do.
1: Victor, one last question. If we take a look into the future, let's say 10 years from now. So how do you imagine robots in logistics and the future of logistics in in overall? So what is your opinion there?
2: I believe that um, humans will be still in the, in the driver's seat for sure, right? So like, it's not that uh, implementing robots means kicking out humans, so to say, right? But it's really like a story of, of getting more productivity out of the people we have, right? So like, we have this aging society, we have uh, uh, like a richness of people in the warehouses that we want to use and, and um, improve their conditions, so to say. And working conditions, right? In terms of, of heavy straining task. And so I believe in a future where one person can operate 10, 20 robots easily, right? From, from the, even from the place maybe where they like. And, um, yeah, like also in a, in a, in a life where many tasks that are done now manually get automated so that we can focus more on social and creative tasks. That's our vision.
1: That means home office for logistics operators is part of the future. <laughs> okay.
2: May, may, maybe, maybe not right whoever likes, I, I love home office, but uh, yeah. many people likes offices. So like, of course, you know, like people. Have, oh, I love the offices and they can go to
1: offices, absolutely. Victor, it was uh, really good talking to you. Thank you very much. And I hope that uh, with our uh, interview here, we we found a lot of uh, fans for robotics in, in logistics. Thank
0: you very much. Thank,
2: Thank you. It was a pleasure.
0: Right, that was the Logistics Drive podcast episode with Victor Splitgerber from VACO Robotics. If you enjoyed today's show, please follow us and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of the future episodes. I'm Boris Felgentrier. Until next time.